Hello, everybody. This is Daniel Hines, and this is Stories RPG. And today we're diving back into the Star Sworn universe with Max Goodname and his friends Corleanders and Wallace Q. Wallace. Say hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. So we'll go around and introduce the characters we're playing with. Of course, they have lines on their sheets, and you can find these sheets at storiesrpg.com to play along or patreon.com slash stories rpg to get a uh, pre-written adventure books and all that stuff so why don't we start with uh, max goodname read us your character lines all right well i'm nate auger and i'm playing as max goodname i dream of being a hero of the realm i'm excellent at sword fighting i can't stand injustice wallace q wallace is my best friend i won the king's tournament and my star sworn sign is the raptured knight, and I can encase myself in steely magic armor. I can raise a roll to do something alone once per game. Ooh, because the raptured knight doesn't like to put his friends in danger, right? That's correct. All right, and Corley Anders. Hello, my name is Kelsey Deliani, and I am playing as Corley Anders. I am easily spooked. I am excellent at healing and wards. Max's good name is my heart song. I stand out because of my kind spirit. I dream of peace and harmony for all. My star sworn sign is the mother bear. I can turn into a magic grizzly. And I can raise a roll to protect somebody once per game. Excellent, Corley. Good to have you. And finally, the wizard extraordinaire, the sorcerer supreme, the magic man himself, Wallace Q. Wallace. Hi, I'm Emily Auger, and I'm playing Wallace Q. Wallace. I am a human wizard. I dream of developing my own spells someday. I can be talked into bad ideas sometimes. I can't stand bullies. Max's good name is my best friend. I'm excellent at casting spells. And my star sworn sign is the Staring Sentinel. It's a basilisk that grants me a freezing touch. The way that works is... Once a game, when someone is kind, I can raise a roll. Remember that basilisk? That guy was not cool. We all remember that basilisk. He was not cool, but you got the better of him. And now you have the star sign. That's right. Let's dive into the story. dive right in. When we last left our heroes, they had helped Lady Bronzewin, the Royal Arcanist, with her new school for Starsworn, the Conservatory. There, the King of Northend charged Max, Wallace, and Corley with investigating a new threat. A Starsworn calling himself the Radiant Lord had seized control of the fortress city of Bastion. You guys researched at the Enchanted Library. You found ancient myths that there's an incredible device under the city of Bastion, some kind of astrotech powered by the stars, very similar to your own powers. 
As you headed out in your new airship, you were waylaid by Velvet, the elven spy you met on the Iron Penance prison ship. You defeated her, and she revealed her mission was to steal a ship for the Radiant Lord, but you defeated her, and she escaped into thin air. You are flying towards Bastion now, and the refugee reports along the way are saying that the Radiant Lord is kicking out anybody who won't accept him as the new ruler. The fortress city of Bastion is completely under his control, and it's up to you to get it back before you can activate the powerful Astrotech machinery that lies at the heart of the mountain. You've been in the air for a couple days now. Your airship has an open top deck, plenty of sun. you got cozy bunks and a workshop below deck. Everything is polished wood and brass with Astrotech running lights and a steady hum from the machinery keeping you airborne. All right, so a couple questions here. First, what, what did you guys name your ship? Does anybody have any good suggestions? Uh, I like, um, I was thinking about like Whirlwind or like Whirl Q Wind Airship at large. What about Friendship? Ooh, the Friendship. <laughs> I kind of like the Friendship. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty clever. So is your, your airship is going to be the Friendship? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the one. Should it be something, should it be something more adventurous or are we all, ah, ah. I'm okay with the friendship. Airship friendship. All right. Legally, I can't stop you from naming it that. So if you want to name it the friendship, <laughs> that's fine. All right. And so on the good ship friendship, what have you guys been doing to pass the time? You've been on the ship for a couple weeks now, heading to the city of Bastion. You have to pilot it a little, but a lot of it's automated. So how are you keeping busy on this ship? Well, I brought some of the books from the Enchanted Library along that Lady Bronson let me um, borrow. So- you checked them out? I checked them out. So um, that's been great because I've had a lot of time to review um, all kinds of like ancient literature, which is totally a passion. Um, And that's been taking up a lot of my time. That's a very smart play. What are some of the books you got? Some of the books I got? um, Feathers from Another Nation. Yep. Two more. (laughs) Um, Making friends with airships. Stars, they're just like us. (laughs) (laughs) And the wind. Can you feel it? Three great books, classics of literature. And how about you, Wallace Q. Wallace? What are you doing to keep busy on this airship trip? Uh, First, I wanted to sort of make the airship look as cool as possible. So I put like a bunch of stars on it, some lightning bolts, like cool stuff. Um, I spent some time learning more about the arcane core, um, and then Max and I spent a good amount of time messing around with our star powers. He would try to charge at me. I'd freeze him. We we got pretty good at that. Had a lot of laughs. We were rolling around laughing about it. That was a good time, yeah. What about you, Max? What else have you been doing besides practicing your, uh, magic armor, star sworn power? I've been doing a lot of, uh, searching around the ship, just making sure that, Velvet hasn't returned, being a little little paranoid. Uh, you know, also keeping up on my my sword play. Just you know, taking some time to relax too. Yeah, Max is concerned the ship is going to spring a leak, and you guys tell him you can't leak air, but that's what he says. You know, you can't see it, so it's extra dangerous. Absolutely, <laughs> it's the dangers you can't see. Max, watch out! There's some air right there. Huh. All right, so it's late at night. The moon is a bare sliver in the sky. And when the clouds break through the moonlight, you see the city of Bastion. 
It's perched atop a tall and lonely mountain like a gargoyle, looking more like a fortress than a city. It has thick, ancient walls carved from the mountain itself and only a single winding path up the treacherous slope. At the base of the mountain sits the sister city of Bellwether. It's the market town, usually pretty uh, pretty plain, but something has burned a giant slash through the center, leaving a smoldering scar in the city. As you get closer to the mountain, something approaches. It's a strange flying creature like a drone honeybee. As it nears, you can see it's about the size of a pony, but made of stone and studded with gemstones that twinkle like starlight. Behind it, two more drones drop from the clearing clouds. As one, they open fire. Starlight blasts splash against your ship and it lurches under your feet like you're on a stormy sea. What do you do? So to set this up, we are going to do a Drama Clock, which is a new Stories RPG feature you might have heard in Giga City. So you have six turns, two turns each, and you need to get a total of six successes to come through this uh, unscathed, let's say. So who wants to go first? And how close to the mountain are we? Our final destination? You're getting there. Very close. Okay. In fact, if this goes sideways on you, it's not out of a... It's not at all unlikely that you would crash directly into the mountain. All right. Do we have escape pods or parachutes or anything like that? No, sir. Mm, Can I go first? Yeah, Wallace, what do you want to do? Okay. Um, I'm going to try to make our ship invisible so that they don't know what to shoot at. Because I am, as we know, a master of illusion. Love it. Go ahead. I also dream of developing my own spells. And uh, Max Goodame is my best friend, and I don't want him to get blasted. Is that three? Sure. So that's one dice for each line. So that is three die total, the maximum. So why don't you go ahead and roll those for us? Whoa! Whoa. That is a three, a six, and a four, and the six is a success. Yay! So Wallace, tell me how you do it. Um, These drones are flying all around. They're shooting the ship with the starlight, almost like laser blasts. The ship is holding up for now, but it is rocking, and you don't know how much it can take. All right. Wallace runs to the bow of the ship and focuses his energy and calmly places his hands onto the deck of the ship. And to the drones flying in front, the ship appears completely invisible. And they don't know what to do. Yeah. It's sort of like a, like a brush from the front to the back, starting at your hands. This invisible effect spreads. Corley and Max, you suddenly find yourself standing on nothing, looking down. Huh? Um, oh! Wait, can they thousand. see us and they just can't see the ship? I, I don't think I make, like, because then they would be look like they were on an invisible ship. I think it's more like it like looks invisible to them. Like, they're sort of like a, you know what I mean? It's an illusion. A bl- an illusion, like a blur, like a blurring illusion that there's nothing there. Sure. So can you guys still see the ship? Yeah. That would be pretty harmful if we were trying to like get at the controls and stuff and we're like, where do they go? <laughs> it's like a bubble that like kind of like encapsulates our ship so that they can't see it. All right. You got this invisible bubble. The drones are still prowling, though. They're looking for you. You bought some time, but it's not going to be forever. Who wants to go next? So if we take an action on these drones now, are we going to give up our cover? No. Well, I should say no, unless you fail, and then there could be side effects. Mm, that tracks. Uh, is there any place on the ship where we can um, like shoot at them from? Is there any manned guns or 
anything of that nature? Yep. Uh, up near Wallace in the front of the ship, there is a giant harpoon gun. It has sort of a, a rope attached to it. It's a lot of times it's used for spearing and hauling stuff in, um, for fishing, for cargo, sometimes even for anchoring in the air. And uh, yep, you've never used it, but you, you've been eyeing it this whole trip. It looks very fun. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to get on that because uh, I don't think I can start swinging my sword and shield from the, the ship itself. Uh, so I'll jump into that and I'll take careful aim. Uh, and I think I can probably get a die from dreaming of being a hero of the realm. Definitely. Isn't quite a sword fight, so I don't think I can get that. Uh, these these bees aren't aren't getting up to any nonsense that I know of, so injustice probably isn't in the way here. Uh, but well, they are Wallace, trying to shoot you out of the air, unprovoked. Yeah, definitely. So I'll give you injustice. All right, I'll take it. And then Wallace Q. Wallace is my best friend, and he's on this ship, and I would like to keep him safe. Yeah, you guys are looking out for each other. I like it. All right, so I'm going to roll these dice. Ooh, Ooh. mid-success. Two ones in there. Oh. A one, a one, and a four. So the mixed success, yeah, so you shoot this harpoon with a twang, like this big, loud spring noise. It flies out, whips through the air, and a perfect shot. Your uh, your aim is uncanny. You spear through this like stone drone, and the starlights kind of all shatter and go out. Uh, and then this thing kind of starts to fall out of the air, but it is still attached to the ship by the rope. So now out of this invisibility bubble, this rope is um, seems to be floating in midair with a drone at the end. And as it pulls tight at the end of the fall, the whole ship lurches under your feet. All right. I turn around and I look at my companions and say, I got one. And the, the great news is I don't even think they noticed. And as you say that, the whole ship starts veering hard towards the left and down towards the mountain. Is there a crank or anything that I can start pulling this this hook back in on? There's a crank, and you could also cut it free. But first, as you're struggling, uh, another kind of harpoon, this one of like a crude metal, blurs through the sky. With a spark and sizzle, it, uh, it like slashes through another one of the drones. It doesn't quite take it out, but it knocks it off course a little bit like a, a bumblebee bobbing around in the air. Um, more lances streak by, just barely missing. And looking below, you can see the source. There's a signal fire burning low on the mountain, um, somewhere up above Bellwether, but, but much below Bastion. Um, in the flickering light of the signal fire, you can make out the banners. It is a sword and tower, the sigil of North End and your king, and they're waving you in for a landing. That so, seems like good news. We love it. Corley, you're up. So I have been reading this excellent book called The Wind. Can you feel it? And I learned something great. Um, this new ward that I'd like to try. Sure. Um, what is it? So the ward um, actually calls upon the air to assist us in a um, protective soft shield that slows down the movement. All right. Give me a roll. See how you do. Okay. Here we go. Well, I am excellent at healing in wards, so I get a dice for that. Um. I dream of peace and harmony for all. And because this is clearly not a peaceful encounter, I think that that would qualify. And um, Max's good name is my heart song, and he is in peril. So I think that I should have three dice. Sure, you can take three on this one. Okay, are you ready? It's bad. Ooh, it's not good. It's pretty bad. So, Corley, you 
raise your arms and you try to invoke the wind in this spell. Striking hawk and soaring crow, let the winds come rage and blow. Unfortunately, you've only read it, you haven't practiced it yet. And maybe it would have been good to practice on like, you know, a leaf or a flower or something small that's not going to cause a lot of trouble if you fail. But you practice on the ship. And as you finish singing your song, you feel this envelope of air doesn't cushion you. Instead, it's like a hurricane gale whipping over the top of the ship. You guys are being pushed down even further now. And you're all clinging to the rigging, the ropes, uh, Max to your gun, Wallace to where you're bent over, trying to hold the deck to make it invisible. You all have to cling on to not be blown off the deck now. I think Whirlwind was the right name after all. Uh, I spilt my drink. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> your drink definitely goes whipping into the air. Um, can I raise a roll? Sure, you can only do it once per game, but you can definitely do it if well, you want. Well, it seems like we're in we're in peril here, um, and I can raise a roll to protect someone, and it seems like we're uh, we're hurting. So I think we should raise mine because otherwise we're we're really looking tight. Yeah, we don't want. Otherwise, you'll need a double. For we'll sure. need a double for sure. So I think I think we should use my passion. Okay, All I'm right. So it. as you feel the wind ripping over the ship, you start to transform into the bear, this mother bear. You uh you don't want your mistake to harm your cubs, which in this case are your best friends. So you let loose uh this roar. <laughs> And this hurricane wind seems to tear the roar out of the air, but you do succeed in shutting the spell down. The wind is no longer bothering you, but you all do take one heart of damage. Oh, that's way worse. Oh, boo. But you get the success. So that limits the amount of dice that we can roll, though. So we can all only roll two dice for the rest of the campaign. Yeah, it does not seem like it was worth it. No. Well, you can't but, know until you know, guys. Yeah. Um, before you were going to get it, you were going to get a failure and lose the hearts. So I oh, mean, we it's... were going to lose the hearts? Well, we oh, were going to crash yeah. to the ground. Of course, we were going to lose something. All right. These drones are buzzing. You're still getting rocked by shots now and then. They figured out that the rope must be attached to the ship. And so they're shooting in your general area. You are still invisible, so they're not making a lot of contact. But you've been hit enough that it's you, you got to go down. Um, you can still do a, a controlled landing, but it's not going to be a soft landing, no matter what, at this point. Can I run over and cut off the harpoon so we're not being dragged anymore? Oh, no, don't don't cut off the harpoon. I want I want to know, is there any way I can manipulate the rope and swing it around and hit the other bees? Use it as a as a, as a weapon. You could certainly roll for that. So Wallace Q. Wallace runs up. He says, we got to cut the rope. And Max says, no, I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good idea. It's sound. It makes sense. Check this out. All right, then. You can go do your thing now, and I'll do my thing next. (laughs) Go ahead, good buddy. So I start cranking the lever forward and backwards over and over and over again really hard and then swerving (laughs) the handles and everything. And I'm like, check this out. And then I pull it really, really, really fast. uh, And I intend on it working perfectly. You're going to sort of crack the whip one drone into the other. Yeah. All right. This drone is flying wildly as it circles the ship. The ship is being pulled in these crazy directions. But here we go. You let it fly. Yay! Good answer! Uh, Good answer! I'm so happy. So, 
Max, rolling on his Hero of the Realm and not standing in justice, gets a six and a two. That is a pure success. Somehow, um, you don't believe your eyes, Wallace, but he, he turns the ship, hits the lever. It's You don't know if it's luck or skill, but the ship sort of cants to the other side. The drone cracks up and smashes into the other drone, knocking it out of the sky. Now, did I get the other two or just one? You just got the one. But with that, with that move, the rope snaps off. It's exactly like I planned it. So that drone smashes the two drones and the rope and the harpoon tumble towards the mountain far below. And now that you guys are getting closer, um, you see the mountain is really looming in front of you now. You have, there's no chance of going over it at this point. You are going to hit it. Um, but as you get closer, you see the banners you saw, the signal fire, you see, you can make out short, stocky forms. They've cleared out a sort of flat ridge that's tight against the side of the mountain. Um, some figures down there, these stocky guys, um, they look like dwarves to you, are guiding you in with this green smoke they're lighting. And others have, um, they look like some kind of dwarven catapult, and they're shooting more of these lances into the sky and sort of buying you time. Um, and you kind of look where they're shooting and you see another flight of three drones is taking off from the top of the city, but they're not, they're not going to reach you, uh, for a minute or so yet. Now as a free action, can I engage my star sworn sign and just, um, get my, my steely magic armor on? Yeah. Max looks up and he sees three more drones coming and then just soundlessly, he covers himself in magic armor. Nice. Boop. All right, and then we got two moves left, and we need two more successes. Everybody's down a heart, but oh. you got that fighting spirit. What do you think, Wallace or Corley? At this point, we still have a drone that's after us. You have one drone that's after you that knows kind of where you are. It's missing right. more than it's hitting now since you're invisible. Um, your main concern at this point is the ship is going down, and you need to it's kind cur- of work it's on careening that. careening yeah. into the ground. Yeah, careening into the ground is a great way to describe it. Okay, so we're careening into the ground, but I'm a healer, and I am cool under pressure starting now. Um, so I am going to try to restore our hearts. All right, so you've all taken some um, damage from this rough wind. There's mountain scree, like little pebbles that raked into you. This the gale force kind of knocked you over because um, of Corley's uh, failed wind ward, but now she's going to make up for it with her song of healing. Steel will mend a broken blade and fire see it sings. A mind will give a body dreams, but love will give it wings. Wow, that was beautiful. So I only get two dice and I'm going to use um, both of them. Um, I'm excellent at healing, so I get a dice for that, and I stand out because of my kind spirit, which is great for healing. A kind spirit is good for healing. Are you ready? We're ready. Let's see it. Oh, it's so bad again. (laughs) So bad. You do have one re-roll each, but only once a day. And if you're playing at home, you would get these re-rolls by, you know, writing a page or two of backstory or just kind of you know, doing a little free writing around your game. But for these games, we're just going to say you all get one. So if you want to use your reroll now, you can, but you won't have it later. It probably makes sense to use my reroll now because I really need to restore our hearts and I think I have a good chance at doing it. What do you guys think? I think you could do it. Okay, Okay. I'm doing it. 
You certainly can't roll any worse than a one and a three. Let's see it. I could I roll a one and a one. Or a one and oh, a two. I got it. I got a six. Hey, six and a one. We'll drop the one. We'll take the six. Oh. So you kind of, you sing the song and it doesn't quite work. Everybody's yelling. The ship is creaking under the pressure. The wind is whipping by. But then you lift your head and full of your healing spirit, you belt it out into the air. Steel will mend the broken blade and fire see it sings. A mind will give a body dreams, but love will give it wings. And everybody regains a heart and leaving Wallace Q. Wallace healthy enough to try to guide this ship in. You have one action left. You see these stocky dwarven figures below trying to wave you into this little clearing they've made. Um, you have drones that can't quite see you but are still looking for you. Um, the air is being split by these laser blasts. More drones are coming in from Bastion trying to find you out. Wallace Q. Wallace, how are you going to get this ship down safely? You got one move to do it. Real quick, I wave at the dwarves. They wave back. Good diversion. Love it. Okay. That's very kind. Well, I have, like I said, been like spending a lot of time on this ship. Uh, one, making it look cool, which is going to not help right now because it's invisible. But one thing that might help is that uh, I spent a lot of time like studying the arcane core and trying to learn about the magic of this ship. So I'm going to try to take what I learned about this ship to try to steer it in a little bit more safely and try to get, you know, maybe a couple bonus cool points and maybe I could do, even though we're invisible, a landing that at least my friends know is pretty pretty darn cool. All right, so Wallace, you grab the wheel of the ship and you let your magic flow through you. You are trying to land the ship with a combination of skill and this arcane energy that you've been studying. You are the master of illusion. You are the wizard at large. You have a lot of spells at your disposal. So let's uh, let's sort of take this role and we'll see how we do. I dream of developing my own spells and I'm excellent at casting spells. So I thought that'll be the two. That Oh, wait, did I get my third one back? You do. You have three now because Chloe oh. popped you all back up with their healing spells. You're welcome. And of course, Max Goodame, being a cool wizard, all those things. I have so many I could use. Let's do it. Three. Hello. There it Yay. is. Ooh, a two, four, and a six. That is the six success out of six. You guys succeeded in every round. You did take a little damage and spend some resources to do it, but you're good. You get the ship more or less pointed at the dwarves. You're still going in really fast, but just as you get close, with a surge of arcane magic, you seem to sort of pause and hang in the air for a second. All your momentum is gone, channeled into Wallace's hands. He then shoots it upward in this green bolt of pure magic, and the ship with a thump drops the uh, last 10 feet or so to the ground and cracks against the stone, but you are safely landed on the mountainside. Would you say that it froze in the air sort of like a basilisk would do, like a staring sentinel kind of vibe? Definitely. You channeled that basilisk energy, and you managed to make it freeze and uh, save a lot of that momentum so you didn't shatter yourselves against the mountain. Nice landing, buddy. Thanks. Wow, that was great. You hear one of the gruff dwarfs from below. He says, oh, well done. Uh, magic isn't my thing, but you know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> <laughs> the voice says, uh, no, no time for laughing at my great jokes. We've got to hide before more of those things come. 
It's a dwarf in stone armor. He's got a cloak patterned in sort of a moss and stone, sort of mossy oak camouflage. Makes him blend into the mountain. It comes up into a hood. It winds around his face, keeping out the wind. And you walk with him directly towards the side of the mountain. And a strange thing happens. As you're all sort of hustling along, what looks to be solid stone is actually a cunning optical illusion of angles and planes cut into the side of the mountain. So you kind of walk through what looks like the mountain itself, but it's a hidden opening. And suddenly you're in a straight stone passage lit by glowstones and flickering torches, and this dwarf is uh, leading the way. Wow, this is cool. Oh, and uh, what's your name, by the way? (laughs) We're just following this dwarf, and we don't even know who he is. Do we trust him? He seems very legit based on his design choices. I have a question. Yes? Did Peeper survive the, the airship friendship crash? We forgot all about Peeper. Did you guys bring Peeper with you? We, I think we did. So let's say you did bring Peeper. He's just kind of always there along with you. Uh, as you guys all climb off the ship before you walk down that tunnel, you hear a... Uh, and he comes out from under the ship, a little dizzy looking. He has like raspberry jam all over himself. He looks like he was making himself a sandwich during all this action. But he, sc- he scampers down. Again, Peeper is a large froggish looking creature. Um, fits in Corley's backpack though. And he's got these big eyes that have a... Uh, sort of magic stunning ability that he can do sometimes. And that's what he sounds like. So he jumps in your backpack and he is walking with you down the tunnel. And after a few minutes, the tunnel emerges into a giant chamber um, that's full of bustling dwarves. There's uh, some other, some elves and humans and even a couple goblins and stuff spread around, but it's mostly dwarves here. Um, There's supplies, crates and sacks of uh, food goods. They sit stacked against one side of the chamber. In another place, there's orderly piles of weapons, shields, and armor. Um, Again, stacked neatly, forming nearly a wall. The cloaked dwarf leads you through all this hubbub and into a side chamber. Um, And he kind of pulls you guys in. It has a large marble table, all veined with gold. And there's stone chairs padded with fur. He sort of takes a seat and then pulls back his cloak. And it's a face you recognize. It is Cass, the dwarf from the mines that helped you defeat the Silent Knight. Cass! And he says, oh, hey, friends, Max, Wallace, Corley, uh, I trust you've been well, huh? Um, other than getting shot down, I mean. Oh, it's so good to see you. Yeah, how are you feeling? Aren't you a sight for sore peepers? <laughs> <laughs> this is peepers, by the way. Oh, hi. Peepers, is it? Peeper. Oh, just one. Just the one. How you doing, fellow? And Cass reaches out. You can tell he's no stranger to um, weird creatures, and he kind of ruffles peepers' um I guess he doesn't have hair, but he ruffles his head skin. Uh, and he says, yeah, well, I, I came here once um, all the star stuff started happening. A lot of the old Astrotech in the mountain woke up. Uh, well, I've been making a study of this kind of stuff since the silent night. And um, well, here I am. That's cool. C- can you tell us a little more about it? Yeah. What have you learned? Anything you want to share? It's uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's bad here. The, uh, the Radiant Lord, he's seized control above the powerful Star Sworn, all kinds of abilities, and he seems to be able to to control these ancient ancient Astrotech. He can see through those drones, and um, well, we didn't know who was on that ship, but anybody that the drones attack, uh, the enemy of our enemy is our friend, and I'm so happy it's you all. I should have I should have known the king would send you, and um, 
Radiant Lord is kicking out everybody who won't kind of follow his lead up above and even the people who stayed aren't in good shape. So we've sort of turned from a uh, independent kingdom down here to more of a smuggling operation and we're getting food and weapons up to anybody who wants to resist the Radiant Lord, but it's uh, he's just so powerful and he has Star Sworn on his side and all the drones and it's just been bad here. It's been real bad. That's why we're here. Yeah, you guys have Star Sworn on your side now. It sounds like you've been doing a really good job with the resources you have. I hope you can help us learn from you a little bit so that we're better set up to take over and help out with this. Wait, back up, back up. You three are Star Sworn? Oh yeah, that's that's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check this out. Whoa. Do you freeze him? <laughs> I'll show him my cool star tattoo on my hand. Well, he said um, that people have been getting injured. So I think that our first um, helping action could be to help some of the people that are injured um, while we learn more about what's going on, like while we learn what they have to offer. So let's be helpful while we learn. He says, oh, you're generous as always, Corley. And he gets up and he leads you to, um, they have like a, everything's very makeshift here. You can tell this used to be sort of a way station. Traditionally, they would Sherpa goods from Bellwether to Bastion up through the mountain. That was sort of their domain and a lot of how they made their money. And they sort of turned it into a sort of a resistance center here. And as you walk to the med bay and um, Coralie starts helping treat the patients, Cass tells you more of what's going on. He says, uh, yeah, we uh, we took the supplies from Bellwether to Bastion and we're still doing it. But now the supplies include weapons and emergency food. Um, all the stuff that was up there, the Radiant Lord, he, he seized it all and he called it a tax. And to make it worse, he keeps digging deeper into our mountain. He's going to get into our tunnel soon. And um, we haven't been able to get much, but our spies know that he's planning something big. He's calling it the Ascension. Now, do you know where the uh, the drones are coming from? I'm really focused on on the fact that you said that he keeps shooting people down. Uh, has there been any attempt to go to where he's at and stop the drones before they can attack anyone else. We're working on that. We have a team. So he waves in this group and it's, um, they're all a little younger and they all kind of look at you and you see a lot of them recognize you. Maybe they've heard of Max good name and his amazing friends. And they kind of look a little starstruck at seeing you. And Cass says, these lot are uh, star sworn as well. They're here looking for uh, one of their brothers you see that uh, big scar down there in uh, Bellwether? The, yeah. That one right there? We think that something to do with that. And, um, well, they've already agreed to take on the mission to go down into the heart of the mountain and find the drone controls and see what they can do about that. But uh, now that we have you here. These guys? Yeah. That's so cool. So, yeah, this lot, they're, um, they're Star Swan as well. And they seem powerful and they're motivated. They're going to help us stop the drones. But we need somebody else to do and. I was going to do it, and I'm glad it's not me now, but if you guys would take the job, uh, well, we need somebody to go up top and confront the Radiant Lord and keep him busy while they try to shut off his drones. And then just maybe once his drones are down, you can, um, well, you could take him out. I think we can handle that. Sounds dangerous, but I think we can do it. Yeah, if it's between us or these younger guys doing the most dangerous job, I guess we'll take the confronting the big guy. Are you going to come with us, though? Well, there's no safe jobs here right now. I'll I'll bring you to. Well, we have a we have a lift that leads to the the heart of the city that the Radiant Lord hasn't discovered yet. I can take you to the lift. Great. Nice. So you're going to give us a Thank lift. Thank you. 
I can smuggle you into the city. Yes, give you. <laughs> it's going to be dangerous even getting up there, though. Uh, the Radiant Lord, he sent something down here. Uh, whatever he's using to mine, he's also trying to use it to collapse our tunnels, too. He's He knows we're here. He hasn't found us yet, but he's got something that can dig through the mountain. A shovel? Bigger. Whew. That's bigger than a shovel. Two shovels? Could be. Wow. Could be. You're not talking three shovels, are you? Listen, I don't dare to guess, but whatever it is, it's uh, it's been really bad. All right, take us to the lift. Oh, I forgot one other thing, and it's, um, well, sort of bad news. We just found out that the Ascension, whatever it is, is going to happen um, at dawn. So we only have maybe five or six hours to to get up there and put an end to it. That gives us Man. just enough time to take a nap. I just kidding. I think we have not... Okay. Yeah, our timing is impeccable. Honestly, we get bored if we have a lot more than uh, just the absolute minimum amount of time. So this is good. We work best under pressure. Yeah. We're procrastinators anyway. We would have just spent half the time eating chips if you told us we had more days. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are you guys hungry? We can have a a quick meal before we go. Pack it up for the road. I'd gladly take a turkey leg. Cast motions. Uh, Somebody brings Max a turkey leg. They bring some um, trail rations over all bundled up for your bags. Do you have nachos? Yeah, he waves at somebody else and they bring over nachos. Great. I'll try Um, those nachos with this turkey leg. And as you guys start eating, you notice that like they're like trying to ration food down here. You know, it's been really tough since the Radiant Lord took over. But you see that this is the last order of nachos they have, and they're giving it to you guys. Oh, I feel really bad about asking for food now. Um, they're happy to give it to you. Everybody's eyeing you. They know that the king sent you. Some of them even know you by name, and they know that you are going to help. Literally every nacho I eat turns straight into a magic. Wait, what's that thing called? A magic missile. Perfect. <laughs> Loading up. So Cass claps his hands together, and he says, all right, then. The king has sent us heroes, everybody, and it's up to us to support them. And all the people in the room give a big cheer. And he first he points at the group of younger kids, the star sworn that arrived before you. And he says, he says, this team is going down. I need a team of miners and a bunch of dwarves volunteers. He says, they're going down to stop the Astrotech. And Max Goodname, Corleanders, and Wallace Q. Wallace, Wizard at Large, they're going up to confront the Radiant Lord. And everybody gives a big cheer. And Cass pulls out a gold pocket watch and he looks at it and he says... Dawn's five hours away. We need to stop that ascension. Let's do this. everybody thanks for listening to another episode of stories rpg the star sworn game and if you want to play along at home you know we'd really love that we'd love for you to use the system and play the game and to that end everything is free just check out storiesrpg.com and you can find all the resources there to get started some intro adventures character sheets the rules to the game all the stuff you need to tell stories with your family and if you want to sort of the play along game books we got coloring pages in there and other stuff like that 
You can go to um, storiesrpg.com under the download section and under the books section. We have some different stuff. And also if you go to patreon.com slash stories RPG, there's all kinds of stuff there. You can get physical books and everything else really affordably. We want everybody to play this. So uh, yeah, check it all out. And if you do play with your family, uh, let us know how it goes and let us know how we can make it easier for you to play. I really hope you enjoy it. And thanks for listening.